Good morning. So we'll call this Atsilus uh, Part 3, the anatomy of its structure. And specifically, I'm going to discuss the process of how a sphere evolves in the language of Kabbalah and Chsidis. Uh, it consists of three stages, which is called Nekuda Svira Partsuf. So that will be the theme of this uh, shir. Now, this is following the previous shirim I gave on discussing, firstly, Atsilus as Tikkun of Tohu, discussed that at length, and then the very nature of Atsilus itself as Elam of Ha'agdus. And Elakus, as the primary model of what is a perfect structure, a perfect existence. So we can uh, live up, try to live up to that. So we have the standard. And um, so I want to go now into in that order. So what does Atsilis consist of? So even though the spheres don't begin in Atsilis, as I'll talk about shortly. But in Atsilas, they become fully, full-bodied. So if we're using an example that Atsilas is like a newborn child, whereas Akudim, for instance, would just be the conception of one cell, Eser Eris Okud Beklei Echad, so everything is concentrated in one seed, and Toyu is already in Akudim, broken down into ten Eris and ten, ten energies and ten containers, but it's not yet a structure that is viable. And Natsilis, called Tikkun, everything is biskalus as we discussed. Not just that there's a structure, but the structure works well together. <laughs> so in Toyu, you could say there's a structure, but the structure ultimately collapses. That's called Svirisakelem, shattering. And Nakudim, you can't say there's a structure yet. You could say there's a Nakudim. But Natsilis, it's a full-blown structure, meaning there's ten Svirus, and Iyuvachayuichad, Iyuvachamuichad. So indeed, the Svirus are structured, they are also, of course, saturated with godliness. It's chesed of elikus, and, and gvur of elikus, and chokhmah, and bina, and das, and all of them is chokhmosi, is barach. But it is in the form of the structure, and as I mentioned, it's all elikus. In Aved, it's like the Ovis, hein hein amarkova, or any nesham of Atsilas that's completely aligned. They exist. Avram was a, a full-bodied human being, but his whole being was Kulei uh, Merkava, 24-7. The whole thing was just a channel for godliness in this world, chesed specifically. Same thing with Yitzhak and Yaakov and so on. And um, as far as the world, Elam I don't know if I emphasized it that strongly, I'll just say one few, few lines about that. Obviously it goes hand in hand, Ahdus. Ahdus and Elkus is really synonymous. When there's Elkus, things are united. When there's Pirud, that the, when there's no lakus, there's period, there's separation, and vice versa. Ardus is in clay, in a kosh uh, the last mission, the last, uh, the end of Shas. In a kosh baruch motza, clay mazik sholom, ela sholom, clay mazik brocha, ela sholom. So sholom is ardus, skalulus, 
And that's the ultimate uh, place where Kedusha and Alakus reside. So Atsilis, I think I did describe Atsilis like the vision of entire existence, the way the Abishta wants it to be, but not like the vision in Ak, which is not yet even a structure. It's more a vision of Ak, is more Machshovak Dumida Ak, like Skira Achas, like a, more of a, a bird's eye view. Atsilis is a full structure, but it's completely Akdus because everything, Ches, Chachme, through Malchus, are all united only toward one thing, which is Kvedish al Baruchu. It's in Bri, it's Irasiyah, after the Parsa, which we'll discuss in later Shirin where it starts taking on a yesh bifniatzme, and it's not completely aligned with exactly the kavon el yena in the purest form. Obviously, when it comes down to elam haza, then it's a whole other world of cheshach kafu mechupu, and it's actually, it goes to the point of aniva afsiyed, even against going defying the ratzon Hashem. But we're not there yet. So, in that context, so what we want to talk about is what exactly is the structure of Atzilus look like? So we know there's Esther Svidas. The Lushan of uh, the Sefer Yitzira, Esther Svidas Blima, and Esther Veleitesha, the Esther Veleachadoser. So 10 Svidas is the structure. We discussed at length that the Svidas really is God's instruments, um, uh, which is not necessarily a perfect word because not all the shittas hold it's like an instrument, but you can think of God's so called tools and instruments to create existence. So just like we say, basara ma'amodis nivra elam, dafka sara, not more, not less, from Bereshis, Nami Maimerhu, all the way through Yehi that Nasa Odom B'tzameinu Kedmuseinu, and in between Yehi Eir, Yehi Rakia, and so on. So these ten, these ten statements, ma'amodis, originate from the ten spheres, and the ten spheres originate all the way, as Chassidus elaborates, Lifniat Simpsum, what is called the language Shir Atzmei B'Kayach, when the Ebeshter envisions and allocates, so to speak, the resources. Think of it like the artist or the architect. Before they even begin building, they're envisioning what they want to build. That vision, which is Blifni Atzimtzum, actually called Atzilus the Klolus, that is Svidas that are completely in God's mind, so to speak. I don't know if you can use the word mind even, but it's definitely an Eidein Sof Blifni Atzimtzum. Those Esa Svidas are Gnuzis, and they're called Gnuzes simply because, like the Alta Rebbe Rashab explains in the beginning of Ayin Beis, they're completely pipshitis, which means they have no shape and form. The only reason we call them Esesvidus is because the Fierech, Esesvidus Enkets, or altogether beyond Svidus, it has something. So the Ebrist is envisioned. Atsilus is called Esesvidus Hagluyes, not Agnuzes, because here you actually have, a full, if you use the example of a child, a full bodied structure that has all the keiches and all the faculties and all the spheres at work. But, nevertheless, as we've been discussing time and again, that the Ebershter did everything in a sedem sudet for us to be able to understand his process, as well as for us to be able to retrace the steps through our Aveda and connect. So even the development of a sphere doesn't just happen automatically. Just like we learned, ak, akudim, mekudim, vrudim, atzilus. So the same thing in the actual spheres is also a process. And that process is what I said earlier at the outset, is generally discussed as many things, as three steps. So the quote talk about Nukuda, Svira, and Partsuf. Like everything begins always with a Nukuda. Just like Yud Kevavke, you start with a Yud. You can't do anything without a Nukuda because without a Nukuda, you don't, there's no beginning. Um, so, um, so in Aishis, you always start when you write a Nukuda. 
Same thing in anything you do. Just like we spoke about Akudim in the Elamis, Akudim is also an Akudim. It's all the Esesphiris, all the Esesphiris, I should say, in clay Echad. So it's an Akudim. So in the Sphiris itself, it begins first, everything begins with an Akudim. Meaning Nekudis HaChochme, Nekudis HaBina, Nekudis HaDas, Nekudis HaChesed, and so on. Das is not always included because of the Das Keser issue, but I'm not going to discuss that right now. That we'll talk about when we talk about the Sphiris themselves. So everything starts with a Nekuda, which again, the Ebishter doesn't need to do it that way, but it's the way everything is done. Like a seed turns into a tree, and like uh, any, any, uh, big, any process of intelligence starts with first one point, and from that point they develop and flesh it out, or a Mayon turns into a river, into a Nar. So everything starts with Nekuda, and from there it goes into Harchave, so to speak. So the next step is Svira. So Svira... What exactly means, what is the meaning of the word Svira? Well, first, before we get into the full meanings, the main meaning relevant to Nekudah is that it's not just a point, but it's a full entity. Like when you describe Chochmah, even though there is, it starts with a point, but there's also Chochmah, has a lot of aspects to it. Koyachma, there's the Koyach of Chochmah, there's the Ma of Chochmah. And we know even though Chochmah is like the Yud, of Yud Kevavke, so itself a Nekudah, but the Yud also has. There's the body of the Yud, there's the Ketzei Elyon, the Ketzei Tachten. So when you dissect the Yud, you see it has details. It's true. It's not as uh, like a, a hay, which is a full-blown structure, but a Yud is also details. So a would mean basically not just the point of what Chesed is, but all the details of Chesed. And that makes it into the Midah called Midah Sa Chesed. Chesed is a good example to use because it's just easier to discuss. So chesed, all the elements of it. And then there's the third step where it comes a partsuf. Now partsuf literally means, in Hebrew, it can mean a face, a structure. A partsuf is a combination of several spheres. There's no such thing as a partsuf without several things. It always has several points to it. When you say, let's say, human face, partsuf or adam. So when you say face, we know a face, even in halacha, what is a face? When you have to, let's say, identify somebody, so whether it's ad chaitmei or whatever the different days in the Gemara about how you identify, you can't identify someone just by one feature. One eye is not enough. You have to have a, the different components. A full face is, consists of a forehead, eyes, a nose, a mouth, and ears. And there's also more details, complexion, cheeks, and so on. So, so when you say parsuf, you always mean a combination of svidus. So how many partsufim are there, let's say, in Atsilas? Anybody know? There's five partsufim, generally speaking. One is Atik and Arich. Even though it's not Atsilas Mamish, it's the Kesar of Atsilas, but it's still a partsuf. There's the partsuf of Chochmah, the partsuf of Bina, and there's Midis, Zah, and Malchus. So though there's ten spheres, but partsufim are made up of a certain combination. Sometimes you say the partsuf of Meichin, some the Midis, but generally it's five partsufim. Which is, which is not really relevant to our discussion, just the point is, so what's za? When you say za, you know, you see svidus, and I mean, many of us learn it and we just accept it. Why is za identified? Why isn't it za sachakal is chesed gura teferis netzachay? You say that's za. But it's called zoyer ampin, small face. Ampin and partsuf is more or less the same word. Just like arich ampin is a long face, meaning like a, 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 a chove. So Zayir Ampin is a small structure, the structure of the Midas, Ha'adam, which is called from Chesed to Yusad.
Malchus is not counted in that. That's why you say Zah or Yichud Zun, Zah Venukfe, or Zah and Malchus. Because Malchus is its own parts of. Now, Malchus is a unique sphere, and even as a parts of, it's not that simple because we know Lesla Megamoklum doesn't have any, anything of its own. But, but when you say Binyana Malchus, you're basically saying you're taking Malchus, which is dust in the Kudah, and you're turning it into a, 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 a parts of which we'll talk about when I talk about Malchus. Just wanted to distinguish that the Patsufim are not the same. So, part, so therefore, when you have a structure like our existence, let's just look at Elam Hazet. So you don't just have a bunch of details, Ischalkus of many details, or you can say they all originate from the Asadim Amoris, as the Altareb explains in Shariq al-Ramun, and everything comes from those Chovbeis Eishis Hatera. So it just, it's not just the breaks down, it also breaks down into structures. For example, you have the Elam Hadamim. Elam HaTzameach, Elam HaChai, Elam HaMedaber. In Elam HaTzameach itself, you have flowers, you have trees, you have grasses, or the same thing with Elam HaChai. You have birds, you have fish, you have uh, mammals. So in other words, it's not just there's a bunch of de- detailed different structure, different creatures, there's also partsufim, there are also structures in existence, which of course makes total sense when you think about it. And again, everything is here made in order for us to understand it. So in other words, it's like, just like we have human beings. It's not just 8 billion people on this planet. You also have families. And families have communities. And communities have uh, different people of different races and cultures and religions and faiths and so on. So in other words, it's not just single, single entities, which would be like spheres, but it's partsufim. So there's, there's structures, and those structures are made up of spheres. So Nikudah Sphere Partsuf is basically three steps in building a structure. One would be it starts with an akuda, a point. It develops into a, an entity like chesed, gvura, tferes, chach, mabina. And then combining several spheres together, you create a full structure. So you say moichin is chach, mabina, das. So even though that may not always be called a parsuf, but that's the idea. Zoh for sure is a parsuf. Chesed through yisod. Even though they're very different. Chesed and gvura are not at all the same. But when you count them all as the midas ha'odam, that's the spectrum of the human emotions and human feelings, are based on either chesed or megavurit, the first netzachet you say. And they're supposed to work together. This galus, which is what we have, let's say, sfiris emer, is chesed shebe chesed, gavurit shebe chesed, all the way to malchus shebe malchus. Or the membez masoyis, this explains, is six times seven. It's, the, it's, it's chesed shebe chesed, all the way yisot shebe chesed, so that's 42. 49 is sfiris emer, as I just mentioned. So these are all the structures that ultimately will create a structure of existence that we, as we know it. So take the human body, besides our face, the face is a composite of different details, all harmonized and creating one face. We say it's one face, but it's made up of pieces. The same thing, the human body is that way. You don't say you have, you're made up of Ramach, Evarim, Gidim, correct, but it's all part of one person, and they all work together in that way. So, so when you look at Atzillus, the perfect world, so to speak, you, you understand that the spheres themselves are really a part of a process of starting from a point, developing into a full character, which would be Chesed or Gvuda and other spheres, and then these characters working together, creating a parts of... And the, all of it together adds up to Elam Hatzillus. And the word Elam really means a combination of Patsufim, which is a combination of Sviris, which is a combination of Nukudis, if you really want to put it in the very technical terms. And that's how an Elam is created. Now, why is all this relevant? 
It's not just, I mean, scientific, it's nice if we, like a doctor needs to understand the anatomy of a human body. You don't have to know how to dissect it. But why is it relevant? Because remember, all this is not just a nice theory. This is what makes us tick. This is how Elam Hazah and, and, and Elam Kotan Zah Odom is exactly structured this way. We are a combination of Nekudis that build into Sviras, that build into Patsufin. In the human being, it's called Kreichas Ha'adam. So Kreichas are Nishtal Shalomahan from the Sviras. But we also are made up. So number one is to come to understand who we are and how the world works. But most importantly, it's about Avedis Hashem. If you want to, if the purpose of Avedis is to make a Dira B'Tachtenim, the whole Tachlis Habriya. So you need to know what Tachtenim look like. Tachtenim Loshan Rabbim means it's made up of different structures and made up of different details. And we want every detail to be, to be saturated with means everything, that every detail down to every piece of daemon, every cell and every fiber of existence should be permeated with the with alakus. So the only way you can do that is by knowing these details. So you can't just say, okay, we mamshecha er kloli, I'll, uh, I'll just do whatever the Ebishter wants me to do. No, the Ebishter wants Befedish, the Fikr, Hirbelehem Teder Mitzvahs, Ratzar Kosh Baruch Al-Zakisrael, Hirbelehem Teder Mitzvahs, as Chesidus explains, what's the Zachshus? Because it gives us the Mitzvahs, each Mitzvah corresponds to another detail of existence. Hosefer Chredim is just on this topic, explaining how each Mitzvah corresponds to the Ramach Evarim, to each Ever, and to the Shasagidim. And the mitzvah satlu is b'maisa, mitzvah satlu is b'dibur, mitzvah satlu is b'machshove. And the same thing with your eyes and your ears. There isn't a detail in the human being, in the human body, that doesn't have a corresponding mitzvah to it. Ramach mitzvah sesa, k'neged ramach evar. Ramach shesal mitzvah sesa, k'neged shesa agidim. So the details, therefore, are critical. But at the same time, it's not just details, they're also about bringing them together into Asvira, first Asvira, and then into Patsufim. So essentially, put it in simple essays, when we create Ardus in an Elam or Alma de Pruda, in an Elam of Pirud, we're essentially turning the world into Patsufim of Elikus, to use the expression from Kabbalah. I mean, you're not going to see that language very often, but that's essentially what it says in Eitzchaim and other places, that the goal is to take the different pieces of our lives and turn them into one direction. Like when you say you turn it into a, a harmony, or some other synchronicity, which is essentially what real Aveda is, taking periods, fragmented pieces and directing them all, whatever the shlichas that you have in this world. So that's essentially the understanding of why we need to understand the structures that I just described, the Kudus Vidapasa. Now, to, to, go, to drill down a bit more into what a Svidah is. So... Um, this is Altareb is my modem Tzemach Tzedek elaborates but Ayin Beis is where he really turns it into a whole sugya in Chelek uh, Aleph of Ayin Beis at least Chelek uh, Aleph the Tfusim Harishenim that I'm familiar with um, so there's a whole section in Ayin Beis that probably runs for at least a hundred pages in uh, my modem beginning like basically uh, around Pedek Samach or something like that and on where he talks about Svira, gives four, three different meanings in the word Svira, and then adds a fourth. So let's talk about that, because to understand the Sviras, understand what the word Svira means. Now, so Svira, everybody knows the expression, means to count. 
means the counting of the Oymer. You count Sheva Shabbos is Tmimus, from the second day of Pesach, Machos HaShabbos, to, uh, to Shavuos. But uh, Svira means more than just counting. So one meaning is Mispar, number, from the word Mispar, or is the noun, or Lisfer, or to count. Second meaning, he says, from the word Sipur, telling a story, a narrative, the Sapir, like you Sapir, you'd say Smitzayim, the Sipur, story. And the third meaning in Svira is from the word Sapir, Evan Sapir, which uh, literally means a sapphire stone. It's a brilliant stone, it's a, it's a precious stone that illuminates. For example, it says in uh, some places that the Luchis are made up from San Pirin, from Sapir, sapphire stone. And that's what it says from the Hishiron of When he broke them, they became wealthy because it wasn't just, uh, just a plain stone. It was a sapphire stone. It was shining, bright, a bright stone. So those are the three meanings. And then later, also from the Tzemach Tzedek, the Rebbe Rashab adds one more meaning, Sefer. Like a book. Not just a story, but an entire Sefer. It's also the Svira comes from the word Sefer. So the Sefer, Sipur, Sefer, Sipur... Uh, uh, the three things, safer, 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 So, um, so how does he explain these three? Actually, quite beautiful and very eloquent. Um, why, why is Svidas called this? What is the meaning, the number, a number, and the second meaning, a story, and the third, it's just three different meanings? So he actually explains that it's in a progressive order. Remember, we spoke last week, previous weeks, that the whole purpose of Atsilas is begin the Shtamudin Bey. And Natsilis Hashabishta created a world in order for us to meet him, so to speak. So we should be able to know Elokus, to understand Elokus, and he adds also to be have a Hergish in Elokus. So essentially the Moichin of Atsilis is in order to give us an understanding, because from that Moichin is the Shtalshul evolves our Moichin. So when we sit now, if we didn't have a mind that was shaped of of how would we ever be able to understand the Ebishter? We'd be able to understand each other. We'd be able to understand Nivroim and the Dvarim that are similar to us. Physical things. But to understand the Ebishter, we have to have something in common. So that's the whole point where Lakus, after the Tzimtzum, was mislabish in the Sviris, like we discussed the Maral and the Rambam, and that is all essentially is that the eris in the kalim, das. So now we have a place where, on one hand, it's chachmasi is baruch in teira. Teira is not just purely amuna, even though you need also amuna and asavanishma. But teira is a chachma. You learn all day here. What are you learning? You're learning a wisdom, but it's not human wisdom. It's divine wisdom. That's the difference. So it's wisdom, meaning it relates to our seichel. And we have a mitzvah to understand Teir, Leda, to understand the Teir, to understand the Eibishter. Not just to believe, not just Lahaimim. How is that possible? Because there's Meichin Natsilis. That's the essential explanation. Same thing, how can we have a Haftas Hashem Lekecha? Ulman Hashem Lekecha Tira. Yiris Hashem. How is it possible to have Ava and Yira? Also, you need something in common. So there's a Ava and Yira, or Chesna Gvur and Natsilis which is, corresponds to Ava and Yira. So therefore, we can then relate to the Ebishter through Tzatzilus. Tzatzilus, essentially, without it, we would have no, nothing in common. It would be like a, 
I mean, Kol Yochel Ebershter can do anything, but here we have a sensible, logical way. It's Al Derech Moshel, the teacher, is coming down to the level of the student through Mishalim and through other ways that the student can relate to the teacher. He's not just teaching ideas that are completely Lamaila from our Kalim, Lamaila from our Hasoga and Hageshim. So, based on that principle, we can understand the meaning of the word Sphere. It's the whole purpose of Atsilis, and therefore the Atsilis of the Sphiris. That's what it's called. The Natsolim, sometimes it's called. The, the, the Hatsolis Asfiris, the Ebishter is emanating. Remember, it's not Nivroyim, it's Natsal, like we learned by Yetzal Minaruach. It's imparting. So, on one hand, it's definitely uh, a new entity and sometimes even called Yeshma'ayim, but on the other hand, it's Hatsolah, which is like Gileahelah. We discussed that, not going to go into the details of that. So, now in the Natsolim of Hatsilis, so the Ebishter was Maitzil. So therefore, the Sviris, what, what are they? They're here to be for us, both the Ebrister, so to speak, is Mislabish, he manifests himself in these Sviris, to help us understand how he created everything, and to help us to connect, like I just said, to know him, to know him, to have Yediyah Sashem, and have Avas and Yediyah Sashem. So if that's the case, so then the Sviris themselves have to have those components. And this is how the Rebbe Rashab explains the progression of the three meanings in the word spheres. So the first meaning is, it only tells us a number. I can explain. When you say something has a number, so you don't know much about it. If I told you there's like $100 on the table, he uses actually that example from, really comes from Siddurim Dach, from the Mitle Rebbe, Alter Rebbe. When you say 100, the number 100, it doesn't tell you, it could be 100 apples, it could be 100 oranges, it could be $100. But it does tell you something, that there's a certain value here. So it's really, it's like the chetzenius of whatever it is that you're talking about. So mispad is definitely a, a conveying a message. You know, you want to say, people say, how much is it? Or how, how many are there? Like you have the mispad b'nei Yisrael. Or you have the minyan b'nei Yisrael, that t- different times in the Torah. Why is it so negate to count them? If counting is just chetzenius, because counting tells you, is something like the Rashi says, b'shah, that b'metech v'vason, main nesi b'chol when you find something precious, you count it. So even though the very count is just only an external number, but it shows that you value it. So it does tell you about the chshivas of it, it tells you the value. So the Rebbe Shab, in explaining an Ayin Beis, I'm just giving a kitzer, he explains this on pages upon pages. So misper, svirim, misper, you can say is more like, I don't want to call, he doesn't use, I think, the word chetzenius as svirim, but it definitely is the chetzenius of the svirim. So they're telling us something about elikus, but it's more about the chshivas of elikus or the, the value as opposed to more details. So it is the first definition of sviris. So when, for example, you know, let's say, we just learned the Maimah Basilagani. This year's Maimah, Perikid Beis, in the Basilagani, the Rebbe's explanation of Tav Shechav Beis. So what does he say there? Marabu Masecha, Magadlu Masecha, that it gives us at today, Ein Sof. What is it all telling us? To show us how the Ebrister's infinity comes even in this world. That means by even counting the numbers, or even beyond numbers, is giving us a gilei of elikus. So when you see ma rabu masach or ma gadlu masach, rabu means rabu means kamos. That there's so many multitudes of uh, creations, both in svar shamayim and svar aris. How many species are there? M- millions, if not billions. And in each species and all the details. So it's not the, it's not just a chesenis thing. It's giving us a a sense. A yidiyah and a hergish in God's so-called magnitude, in his capacity to create so much infinity. 
so many so many objects to the point of Ainsof. So Marabu Magadu essentially is is uh, what misper the word misper in spheres is teaching us. So the fact that you have ten spheres, the ten spheres break down to another ten, ten times ten, and then again ten times ten times ten, like we spoke about the Mamores, the Chavbezesius, and the different combinations create everything in existence. Even Evan, which is not one of the Asada Mamores, but the, the Evan is three letters in the in the word in the Chavbezesius of uh, the Olive Base. So one way or another, these 22 letters, which originate from the Asada Mamores, are all basically creating all the, all the different details in existence. So in this context, what is Svita teaching us? That aspect of the power of a locus in detail, in the number and in multitude and, 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 uh, and so on. So that's step number one. So beginning at his Bonanus, when a person is misbein marabu masecha, it was based in the misper of the Nivroim, which reflects on the misper of the Sviris. That's where it's coming from. So it gives us a certain ability to know the Ebishter and also to have a Hergish. Because you are in a spoil from the power of the Ebishter to create so many details. Like the, the, this, this, the, this intricate design of the world at which we live in. Now how far can you go with this is Bonanus? You can go pretty far because you can contemplate not just on the detail. I mean, you can just look at a flower and see godless habeda in it. And that alone could be a whole lifetime. And the same thing with the other nivroim. You can study everything in detail and come away amazed about the haflos, the ployos habeda, the haflos habeda, the flaw of the Ebershter's creation and, the, and therefore the flaw of the Ebershter. However, obviously at the end of the day it's going to be limited uh, by the fact that it is ultimately a misper. And uh, therefore it's really focused mostly on the details that we can relate to. So it's like Elikus as Mislabish and Nevroim. Then comes step two in Sviris, and that is Sipur. Now Sipur, as soon as you hear the word Sipur, you tell me. Sipur is a story. A story is more than just numbers. If I was going to read to you right now a bunch of numbers, you know, maybe you'll have interest for five minutes, but after that you're going to get pretty bored if I just start reading numbers. But if I tell a story, a story tells you a whole, it's a whole narrative. People, there's drama, a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a whole story. It's true that many people, maybe mitzvah, sanoshim, ulamada, they read the Haggad every year the same way, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be read every year in a new way. It's like a new experience. So a story is a whole other thing. So the Svidas tell us the story of the Ebishter. And here the Rebbe Rashab says, it starts revealing the Svidas, not just the, the Islapshus in Marabu Masecha, how the Ebishter creates existence and all the details. And there's plenty of his bondness there, as I said. But now, what is the story behind that? What is the meaning of it? Like, why did he create it? You can look at a piece of art, for example, and be fascinated by it and be an analyst. They're analysts of art. They can analyze art forever. But what's the story behind the art? Why did the artist create this art? And what mood was he in when he did it? I'm talking on a human level. And what else, is, what else does it reveal to us? So Sipur is already much more revealing than Misper. You say the number of something, yes, it tells you something about it, the chshivas, the value, as he explains. Uh, there, is more like Misper, Marabu. And Sipur, however, is far more telling us what is the story behind it. Now, in a story itself, there's also levels. 
you know, you read a story, whatever story it is, whether it's the story of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim or any story in life, so you can read it also at one level you hear the main story, but then those that have a deeper understanding can learn much behind the story, what was behind the scenes. I take the story of Yutas Kislev. Al-Tareb was arrested, and then he was freed, and so on. So we know the story is much more than just the, the arrest and the liberation. It's a story in heaven. A story that, they, that there was a, 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 a kitrug or a pedil amayla on the Al-Tareb being Megalach Siddhis. And the, the, and the goal of Yutas Kislev was a sense of a sense of redemption where the Gzeda was off. So that's already a deeper story. The story of Purim. You read it ostensibly, it's a story, but then there's a, the hand of Hashem that's behind the story, etc., etc. So Svirus in that context, when you say Svirus from the word Sipur, or Lesap, it's telling us the story of the Ebrister, but it's still, it's still, even the highest point of it, it's still... What, we, what he calls in Ayim Beis, it's not just the slop, so we're not just talking about the slopsus of Eris and Kalim, it's telling us the story of the Eir, not just as it is in Kalim. Eris and Kalim would be Mispar. The Eir itself would be more the story behind it. So when you learn about the Eir, you're learning more about the Eberster, like focusing more on the Eberster's wisdom as opposed to the wisdom itself. So you can learn, for example, Gemara, or for that matter, anything in Teda, and your focus can be on understanding the wisdom in this halacha, or the wisdom in this maimer. What do I mean by the wisdom? I mean the, intel- the, the logic and the intelligence of it. And you can forget that this is Chachmash The story, however, you can't forget that, because the story is telling you why is this halacha this way. So the story essentially reveals more, but as we'll discuss in a moment, it's still not the Eidus as they are completely removed from Kalim. It's the Eidus that are higher than Kalim, but still a Fi'erach HaKalim. And that's where you start getting a deeper story. Just to, to give an example of it, is a, a beautiful uh, uh, letter from the Rebbe, where someone asked the Rebbe, I think from Tavshin Tess, before the Nesiyas, someone asked the Rebbe, what does it mean in Samach Vav, where it says, Seichel, and then it says, Eir HaSeichel. What's the difference between Seichel and Eir HaSeichel? And the Rebbe answers the following. He gives a dugman. He gives a dugman nigla. He says, when you learn, for example, Meide B'Miktsas, is Chayv Shvur. So that's a halacha. Now, why, 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 what happens if he's made a hakel? If he's made a hakel, obviously that's not a problem. But if he's kefir hakel, why is it not chayv b'shvur? Why is it, the, it takes a whole different process? You go through a court case, you have to sit in a dintera, v'chulu, v'chulu. Because the Gemara gives a reason. Because ain't other mayors, pon of b'fnei balcheve. So if he would say he denies it all, then you have to go find out who's telling the truth, who's telling a lie here. The Teveya or the Nitve. But if he says, I owe you 500, not 1,000 that you're demanding, so the, you, you, you essentially give him the benefit of the doubt, but just to be sure, it's Chayev Shvur. Because a person is not going to be made, doesn't have the chutzpah to Befnei Baal Cheve. Which means that since he's standing before the person, he says 500, that means he acknowledges that he's a Baal Cheve. So he's not going to have the chutzpah to completely lie, but the shvur is just to confirm it. That's essentially the logic behind it. What's kasha, they say, one second, we see people, you see, unfortunately. And people deny even though they're lying. So the, the Velt says, the Taich, I'm not sure if it's a mock or whatever says it, they say, because the Lushans ain't Adam, a person who does that is not the Geder Adam. 
as it says in, not, in, in many different places. So I'm looking up them. So anyway, I, it's, uh, it's one of those. Uh, but going back, so the Rebbe goes further. Hagufakasha. Why is Eino the maze pun of Bachheve? Why is that human nature? So the Rebbe says, because it's the edelkeit for Nefesha Adam. The edelkeit, the refinement of a person. In other words, a human being, a normal human being, has a certain refinement. He's not going to lie and be a chutzpah. Someone did you a favor and lent you money. That can just be blatantly ignored at all. If he's an Adam, as I said. The Rebbe doesn't say that. I'm just saying. So there's an edelkeit. So the Rebbe said the difference between seichel and era seichel is these levels. The din made the bemiktsas is the seichel itself. The tam of the seichel would be the in other maze. And the era seichel is the primisas, the edelkeit from the nefesh. So the same Gemara you can learn and just know the halacha. Or you could understand the reason. Or you could say this is Megala, something about the Nefesh Adam. It teaches us something about a human being. Which of course is a much deeper story. So I'm just using it as an example. The Rebbe doesn't bring it I'm just using it as an example. So you can know something. You can know the basic uh, number of it. You can, and, but you can also know the inside story. What, what is it revealing to us? So essentially, in this context, the spheres don't just serve as a sort of my modest that create the multitude and the marabu masecha and all these bonanus and alakus that comes from that, but it helps you also appreciate the so-called behind the scenes. What's the story behind all of this? So that's spheres malosh and sipur. Then comes the third interpretation, which in that same order is a, even a higher level. Malosh and even sapir. Now, what's a sapir? Sapi now is not just telling a story, it's shining a light. It's uh, what we call transparency. So till now, the Sviris, the focus you could say by Misper is definitely the focus is on the Ribu, on the number. So the focus is much more on the Kalim than on the Eir. It's Kalim of Elikus, and there's Eir in the Kalim, but the focus is on the number. Sipur is true, is already focused on the Eir, but it's still a story of the Eiris and the Kalim. It's just now you know what's going on behind the scenes. When you say Sapir, it's more of a transparent channel of the Lakuz that's completely Lamaila Ma'elamis. So what he calls there the three levels of Eir, Eir that's Mislabish and Kalim, Eir that's Lamaila Mikalim, Eir that's completely removed. And he goes there, Barichas, the three levels. Sapir is already a, is a Magala. It's like when you say Eir Me'in Hamoir. So it's more than just telling you the story of why the Ibishta created the world and the Kaprimis and HaKavona and everything I just said. Now you're talking about understanding Elokus almost on Elokus on his own. So what's the point here? That the Svidas are not limited. They're not just a number and a story. They also take us all the way to Lifniat Simpson and can tell us the story of the Ibishta as he's removed from Elokus. From, I'm sorry, as Elokus is removed from Elokus. So in general, in Chassidus, you talk about Mamala, Sevev, Atzmus. This would be a Derechzeh, even though it's not Mamish, those three levels. So Mamala is more like Misper, as the Eris are in Kalim, like Mamala Kalamin. The Sipur is more Sevev Kalamin, so it's above, but it's still Sevev Kalamin. It still relates to existence, but it's above existence. And Atzmus, or Etzema in this case, would be, it's not even, it's not even together, uh, being the Mamala Melamis also. In this, let's say, Nefesh Adam, it would be the difference between Aran, Chaya, and Yechida. 
So Naran is Eris and Kalim is the Kechas Hanefesh, Mechen Midas and Chabad Chalgas Nihi is the Shama Ruach Nefesh. Chaya would be like the Eris higher than Kalim, like Arich. And Yechida is like Atik, or in this case, like Etzema Eir, that's talking completely about things from the eyes of the Ebishter. So the difference would be that even though story, the story can lead us to Sapir, but it's not quite full Sapir. It's still a story that relates to existence. And that's how he explains the three levels of um, Insfiras themselves. Then he adds the fourth letter, and fourth le- the fourth meaning, Sefer. What is Sefer? Sefer is a whole book. Sefer is not just a story. Sefer is the whole book. And there he explains that it's uh, primarily um, even higher than Sapir. I don't want to go into that right now, but it's essentially like to talk about, let's say, um, uh, an author of a book. When he writes a book, he has a vision before he writes, before he tells the story, there's the whole vision behind the Sefer. So he explains it somewhat in that context, that it's even higher than Sapir. But it's very bikitzer in Ayin Beis. I just wanted to mention it for the record. I don't want to go into it right now. It's more like if you're talking about it, if it's etzem ayir, this would be the higher. The, 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 this would be the machaber of the ayir, the the, the, the moir itself. The sefer would be moir, and sapir would be etzem ayir, and sipur would be the ayir of sefer klamen, and and uh, mispar is mamal klamen. Those are like the four levels. Now, as I said, the purpose of all this is a critical, let's just spell it out in simple, practical, the uh, practical apl- application, is that when a person is uh, ASIC in trying to have a relationship with Eberster, and here I just want to make one qualification. I always say this in all the shirim I give. You know, when you learn and hear these ideas, they're so lofty, and many people who are very, like, I remember one sitting in a class just a few days ago, actually, and someone says, I barely can stop thinking Machshav Azaris. You're telling me to go from, uh, from Mispur to Seif to Sipur to, to uh, Sapir. You know, even to be able to think about more Rabba Masech is already a Chiddush. So when you start learning Chiddush, these high Madregis, you start saying to yourself, how is it practical to me? You know, if I could just control myself and not having a Taiva and just think about Eberster once a day, I'd also be happy. Like the story of Levi Yitzchak Bardichev, he once came into Bardichev in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, and he had summoned everyone to the shul. So everyone came, men, women, and children. They didn't know what it was. They all came. Everybody came. It's like, you know, urgent. And Rabbi Levi got up by the bimah. He gave a punch in the bimah like this. And he said he wants everyone to know that there's an Ebersh in the belt. And that was it. The meeting was over. Now, you could say, whatever. everybody doesn't know. Yeah, we know. We know it's like Gamva We know it, but it's Efe Makif. He wanted them to actually remember that there's a God in this world that's standing right near you right now, Hashem Nitzavalov, etc. So as many reminders as we have, we know it's not so easy to just be cognizant of the Ebershter all the time. So that's why when you hear all these dargis, you say to yourself, one second, how is this practical? I mean, as I said, if I could just even focus on davening for three minutes on the Ebershter, I'd be happy. You know, not just say lip service. So the answer to this is very relevant, I think, to all of us, is to understand the following. That, um, and that is, um, we say every day in Shemach, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but how many times a day do we say Shema? Uh, five times a day, six times a day, depending at least one, two, 
three, four, five. Okay. Now, when you say it, tell me, do you think about what's the difference between Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Nafshcha, Bechol Meidecha? Let's say you're even thinking about Avash Hashem, you're not just saying words. Most people are probably not thinking about the difference between the three. And what we say it every day. So the common answer to this is, you know, in the Hanami, we rely the Abish to understand our Kavanas. Or the Abish to create the Kavanas. But what's the difference As I said before, just to have Avas Hashem for a second is already a ganz fine chidush. And I'm not trying to depress anyone. I hope you I hope you understand. I'm talking about myself. Maybe you guys are on a different level. So even you know Avas Hashem. And yet we're told not just to have Avas Hashem, with all your heart, and then with all your being, your whole nefesh, and then even beyond. So we learn Chsidus, the Dargis. You know, everybody, I'm sure, anyone learns a Maimer can tell you. It's Mamala Sevevatsem, however you explain it. But the key thing to remember, it says Levov Cha, and Nafshe Cha, and Meidecha. That means it's like Chanechel Narapi Darkei. Not everybody's Lev and everybody's Nefesh and Meid is in the same, same place. Chol Meidcha. For one person, what is your ma'id, what is your going beyond your regular natural comfort zone, for another person may not be ma'id. And yet Chassidus says that if you go a little outside of your regular, you're ready mamshech ma'id amiti. Abishah says you do a little bligvul l'fi'erech you, not even if it's real bligvul, even though someone right near you, for him that's not ma'id. That already touches the Abishah. Min ha-metzah so in other words, the key thing to remember is not just, once we turn it into such lofty levels that are so high, frankly, that's like uh, basically b'shamayimi and essentially renders us, that's completely not relevant. I'm not shy to these madrigs. But as soon as you can find within you, each level, that's the key to Aveda. You have to find a personal application of this. So the same thing with the spheres. Obviously, the highest level, the Rebbe Rashab is speaking, and Chassidus speaks for all people, all Madregas, from Tzadikim all the way to Benim through Rosh Hashanah and maybe and lower as well. That's Bechlolos. But learning Chassidus means you personalize it. So the question is, can we find within ourselves these three levels? That's the whole ch- challenge here. If you turn it to something that's too high, you're not going to end up doing it. So what would be an example be an example if a person takes, I'm not, you know, tafasta merubalei tafasta. The truth is we weren't taught how to daven properly. Again, I speak for myself, but I went through the yeshiva system. I know we were taught to daven, we say daven. And those that did try to daven were probably laughed at, etc., etc. The anger admonition, they're trying to convince themselves there's evdim or something. But without going into all the, the nightmares of the system, let's talk about what we do. We're adults right now. So the key thing is to take five minutes, ten minutes, whatever time you're able to, and ask yourself, as you talk about a relationship with Eibishter, you can talk about, like, for example, what would be the misper level? Would be like what says in Chassidus about Huchayecha. We say every morning, Birches HaShachar, Birches HaNenin. The Eibishter gives you food, at least acknowledge that. That's the level of Elokus, that's Lufi Erechos. Everybody can understand that I should say Maidani in the morning. The Eibishter gave me life. Things could happen that night. And no, they must have renewed my life. And then gave me Mal Bisharumim and Zekav Kfufim and all the things. Ashayotzar. Basically, you're recognizing a lakus within your life. You have health, you have a, a panosa, you have a family. 
whatever, all the different blessings. So you're recognizing a lakus that's relevant to you. That's mamalakalam. Everybody can do that. You just obviously need to focus on it. Then the next step would be, okay, is alakus kule only for me? Is it only because Abishta gives me bread and family and, and, and health and, lo- and life? That's all, God. the kolay of the Abishta is just me? Obviously you also understand that huma kemeh shalelam, the elam kemeh. That there's an element of lakus that's not just about taking care of you. That would be the next step, like from b'chol nafshecha, from b'chol avavcha to b'chol nafshecha, or from misper to sipur, that there's more to the Ebrishter than just serving our needs. Even though, frankly, thanking the Ebrishter for your needs is also a big thing. So everybody can find and be misbein about a lakus that's a little more than just thinking that the Ebrishter is like the eker alakus shebarim emenes and ivrim menes that there's levels of the Ebrishter that are higher than me. And that creates, according to Chassid, this explains a certain appreciation of Elokuz that's, that's beyond. But it's still not completely beyond because that same Ebrishter still relates to existence. And then comes the third level, which may be the hardest one to relate to if you don't first do the first two, because you can't jump to the third without, you don't start B'chol Meidecha before you have B'chol Levavcha, B'chol Nafshecha. So what would be the third? That would be already like, Put it in simple ways, from Tanya Pedic Tezvov. Can you go out of your comfort zone? Can you go to a place that is not what your regular regilis? What he says there, Shena Pirke Meya Pomim, is called the Leyavade. It's not a Veda. Why? Because there's no Bechom Decha. There's no outside of your regilis. This is already going, so to speak, to your Bligvul. The Bligvul, as much as you're possible to go to. This already is more Sapir, where you're, where you're breaking your routines. So here, this is about understanding of the Kuz that's completely beyond existence. I mean, sometimes it's called in full-blown, it would be called Mesidus Nefesh. But we know Mesidus Nefesh is more than Mesidus Nefesh, like Mesidus Harotzen. For example, when a Chosid makes a decision that he's going to dedicate his life to be a Shliach of the Rebbe, that's more than just the Lekuz that's Mislabish Lefiyarech, your needs. You know, Lechem and Bosan and things you need in life and then Bonachayim Ezeinah. And it's more than Seva of Kalaman, which is a lukuz that's higher, but still relates. It's a certain avekleg that you completely say, you know, my life is not just about me, I'm going to serve a higher purpose. Just, I'm just giving an example of a third level. And now you're talking about that you become a shliach, This is, in other words, it's not just how the Ebrister serves you, or how the Ebrister is on his own, but how you serve the Eberstein, you become completely dedicated to something greater than yourself. That's an example, I would say, of Sapir, or B'chol Decha. So it's just examples, can move in a poshet, there are infinite possibilities, and each of us have to work on that. And there's much more to say, I see time already went a little over, time, I hope, uh, thank you, you know. Um, but I just wanted to make it a little more, uh, like what they say, um, uh, uh, palpable and practical because at the end of the day these ideas are not just meant to be abstract ideas you know maybe I'll elaborate more on this in the next year as well because I think this is where it really comes down to is how we apply it to ourselves okay so we'll stop here and um, everyone have a good day <laughs>